Robert Pattinson to compete in the lead actor Oscar category for The Lighthouse. Of course he is. Batman has to compete in Best Actor category if he has any chance of defeating his archenemy, the Joker. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name, as always, is uh, John. And together we are Henry and John coming at you to discuss certain parts of the cultural happening of the zeitgeist. Yes, we are fulfilling our contractual obligation to bring you most of the zeitgeist. We have... As we've stated in every episode, before and hence, we will only bring you part of the zeitgeist. We will tackle some of what is happening and leave other parts alone. The the important thing to keep in mind is those other parts of the zeitgeist, you should probably just believe what you're told about them, rather than listening to uh, unqualified opinions. I hear a cricket. There are so many crickets in the city right now. I don't know if you know this, John, but there is no more city of Austin. I, I do believe it has become city of cricket. It is city of cricket. This is actually happening Right now, and we're allowed to discuss it. I checked. Oh, you checked with them? I ch- I checked the list. There's that's, a li- they send out a list. That's very good. Most mornings, and this was on the list of things that were okay to discuss. It's weird. They don't they don't release a list of what's not okay to discuss. They just release they release a list of everything that we can talk about. At this point, it's shorter than the other list would be anyway. I so. suppose that's true. But this is an actual thing that is actually happening. I can pull up news articles. The city of Austin has been replaced 100% by just crickets. And it seems to have happened very quickly, just over the, the last few days. And it's important to keep in mind that this is the very normal month of October, where uh, cricket infestations are very odd. Unusual happenings are unheard of during this month. Yeah, October, for the most part, is a very normal month. It's pumpkin spice season. Mm-hmm. But here's a headline from eight hours ago brought to us by our friends at Fox 7 Austin. Salted caramel mocha as well. Crickets causing problems for some Austin businesses. Austin, Texas. One Austin business has had to close, apparently due to a large number of crickets that gathered in front of the store. That is the entire article. It's so crazy to me that that article says, apparently. That is the entire article, John. Close Oh, oh, First Watch? First Watch. I've heard First Watch is very good, Mm. but apparently First Watch is now very full of crickets. I lied. Here's more. The restaurant on Lake Line Mall Drive put up a sign saying they were closed today due to the crickets. There's a picture. Oh, here's a picture, microphone. I hate that more than I've ever hated anything. I will describe the picture for our fans at home. 
Uh, imagine the exterior of a building covered in crickets, and that's the picture. Imagine crickets that are more easily quantified by weight than number. And here's the thing. This is pounds of crickets. The article goes on, presumably with a lot of detail, breaking down exactly how many crickets. Fox 7 Austin photojournalist Gerzane Peralta took some photos which gave a glimpse into just how many crickets had gathered there. I gotta love the news. The news. All the hard-hitting fact. One, there are crickets. (laughs) There's two facts. One, there are crickets. Two, we have taken pictures of the crickets. Uh, it is insane to me that that article says, apparently, as if to imply that there is some hidden subtext as to why this business is closed down. I mean, you know the news today. You uh, can't trust what you read. You Who can't. knows what spin someone's going to put on all these crickets? You could read any news article about anything... Not at all related to any situation uh, on this podcast or others. And who could say what the spin may be? I don't know. Look, we can talk about spin all day. But I'm going to open up this nice frosty can of Austin Eats Cider's Pineapple Cider. That's interesting. I didn't know it came in bottles. Hmm. Seems like my drink choice got changed from when I opened it to the sip. Yep, here we are. No matter what I drink, it's Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. I tried to drink a bottle of water earlier today, and I did... You know how they come with the little caps that you screw off? Uh Uh-huh. I did that and put the very plastic bottle to my lips, and lo and behold, it turned into a chilled, frosty bottle... Of Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. Now, I'm confused because in a very normal month like October, you wouldn't expect something like that to happen. But I saw three cans of Austin East Cider's Pineapple Cider over there. I saw you pick one up. I saw you start to manipulate the top. And then all I could remember was that there was a Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA in your hand and on the table. These two memories exist contemporaneously in my mind. It's amazing what October can do with normal power. It October has, the last I checked, no power. Yes, because to have power would be abnormal. Yes, to have power would be abnormal. Thus, nothing has power. Are you partaking of any particular drink tonight, John? Now, I would like to also uh, enjoy a cold refresher, as it's called. And uh, this is a trending beverage called a White Claw. Is that is that your drink of choice? Uh, it's the one that I had. I'm just glad that uh, uh, some sort of thing is looking out for us and giving us exactly what we need, despite our wants and individualistic tastes. I, I knew that coming into this podcast that I wanted to drink like a pillowy, juicy, hazy IPA, but I sure know that what I just opened is a White Claw. Yeah, weird. It's weird how that... No. Excuse me. Sorry. 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 So... Normal. 
it's normal. normal how how normal that is. It's so Henry, repeat after me. Normal. 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 Wow. What what a normal time we're having here on the couch. We've got a lot to discuss today, but I think we would be remiss if we did not introduce this episode's sponsor. I think it's important you bring that up because I was just uh pushed an unavoidable text notification that we must inform our listeners that this week's episode is sponsored by China. Boy, there's a lot going on in the news and in life. Wow, couldn't you say that again? Boy, there's a lot going on in the news and in life. Turns out you couldn't. Let's do it. Let's talk about what's happening. John, you might have noticed... In the past couple of a half of a year, a movie came out. Oh, did it? A movie was planned. It got filmed, mm. as movies tend to do. And then the press got word of a film. We've talked about it here on our normal podcast. The Joker movie. Mm, the Joker movie. The Joker movie. There was a lot of buzz. A lot of like, ooh, I don't know. Should we... Should we be glorifying incels? Which is really weird. It's strange. I mean, normal. God damn it. It's normal uh, that we had those concerns. But I also think that it's normal uh, that we talked about that movie glorifying incels when we know for a fact that the Joker fucks. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a big part of his character. Is it? It's, Yeah. He Harley Quinn? Mm, oh. The Joker fucks a lot. The Joker has a sexual magnetism. Okay. So really, incels should not... What's the opposite of celibate? <laughs> Normal. Normal. Okay, so if you were... And in norm, you would be involuntarily normal. He's a, vo you know what a vol cell is? A voluntary, voluntarily celibate. Those the, people are even weirder. The Joker is a, is a vol norm. Okay. Uh, and that he is voluntarily normal. Okay. In that he fucks. He fucks. Voluntarily. So for those fans who don't know, or have been lucky, lucky enough to not experience this end cell, not movement, I don't know. Cult? I don't know. Domestic terrorists? Yes. This, there's uh, a, there's, this existence of sad people. There's a group of disenfranchised young men who exist solely on the internet, for God's sake, I hope, who call themselves incel, which is short for involuntarily celibate. And it's their beliefs that society and the freedom of women have turned them into celibate people. Yes, uh, they <coughs> they believe in the um, the hypergamy of women, the the social selecting of uh, of like primary mates, and they they think that like monogamy and free will in women has robbed them of their ability to uh, break their celibacy and become normal. Uh, which is, uh, very normal. What a, what a normal belief that well, is. Well, it, it, the thing is, these people existed on the dark corners of the internet. A lot of dark corner sites, like Reddit, 
made fun of these people. And Reddit's like a goddamn nightmare for nerds. So, like, when the nerds are making fun of you, you know you're not being a good. But Reddit also... Uh, is highly misogynistic and racist. Red pill, MRA shit. Reddit represents all kinds, that's for sure. But here's the thing. Without anyone asking... Or, uh, without, like, checking if it was okay, the mainstream media took a spotlight and, like, shined it on this incel community and shoved them to the forefront of national concern. And suddenly it was like, are the incels going to attack the Joker movie? Which doesn't make sense because the Joker movie is for incels. Like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, and it, it's uh, something that happens every time the mainstream media, like, finds a subculture and then blows it up, uh, is that immediately upon that happening, it's like the Tinkerbell curse is broken and that subculture and its name mean nothing. Yeah. Incel means nothing now. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it, they disillusioned it by bringing it to the forefront of national conversation for all of 15 minutes. Yeah, they, they did the thing that the mainstream media wishes it couldn't do because the mainstream media is a giant, strong rock monster. Everything that it holds dear, that it wants to wring stories of, it crushes the life out of. So when it makes the incel uh, movement, I hate to call it anything. It's not a movement because they really... The incel community. Yeah, because a movement is, is they're trying to accomplish something and incels are just trying to not die. Uh, but when they when they push the incel community into the spotlight, they essentially uh, killed the meaning behind the word, which is a good thing. Which, to be clear, is not what the media wanted. Yeah. Whenever the media finds a community and pushes them into the spotlight, they want them to be more radicalized because they found something to generate clicks and heat. It, that's kind of exactly what happened to this the Joker movie. They found... Somehow, they linked this incel community to the Joker movie, which we've already discussed makes no sense because the Joker fucks. The Joker fucks. But maybe... I also saw a different camp who didn't go the incel route, but went with the... Are we sure we want to let white straight males know that they can go crazy and start killing people. I think white straight men have known that for a minute. Well, I was about to say, <laughs> which I don't think was a secret. <laughs> no one, no one's taken the lid off of that Pandora's box by seeing the Joker. Because straight white men uh, have been uh, wilding out to this nation's great dismay for quite some time. I mean, you look at any of the mass shooters in the past couple of years, and... Uh, there's a trend. There's a trend. You can't hide it. You can't deny it. It's there. But I don't... I don't think the Joker movie... Again, we still haven't seen it. Yes. And I don't think we're going to see it. Not for, after Todd Phillips got out there and talked yeah, about how we, the woke community is bad. We disagree with the movie for reasons not talked about in the mainstream media. We have creative differences with the movie. Not, not political or... or like, I guess not political reasons not to see it. Yeah. I also have artistic problems because it basically seems like a comic book remake of The King of Comedy. But what do I know? I th I'm, See, I, I've been saying this to my friend group uh, for a while. It looks like they just took parts of The Killing Joke and made it into a movie borrowing heavily from Martin Scorsese. 
Barring heavy from Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy. Oh. It's The King of Comedy plus The Killing Joke. Good, oh, one. Good one, Todd Phillips. So I listened to a morning radio show because... Bubba the Love Sponge? No. I listened to Jason and Deb on 101X. No idea. It's your morning X. 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 And they were talking about this The Joker movie today, and I learned a couple of details... Not spoilers, just things in the movie. I guess it could be a spoiler if you look at details from the movie as a spoiler. So this is a spoiler. So the Joker movie features the Joker. But it also features a young Bruce Wayne. He's eight. He's eight years old. Does that mean the Joker is like 80? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. The Joker's like solidly in his mid-30s, and Bruce Wayne is eight. Bruce Wayne in peak Batman time is between the ages of 20 to 40. Well, considering a lot of the timeline, Batman doesn't really start until his late 20s, maybe early 30s. That would mean the Joker is like 70. Uh, The Joker being old is great. Uh, can we jump back to the incel thing for one second? Yeah, sure. I want to talk about... Do, are, are you familiar with a lot of the uh, incel uh, like vocabulary and lexicon? I have a brushing lexicological study of this. That's not a word. Uh, how familiar are you with the uh, virgin-chad dichotomy? Well, of course, yeah. The, the virgin is the incel, basically, and the chad is the alpha male. And a ton... Like, we're talking metric ton of memes have spouted out from that whole dichotomy. Can I posit something to you? Hmm. Typically speaking, your average Chad, your your average version is just very relatable for people who spend all day on the internet and feel sorry for themselves. I also feel like the incel community uh, kind of gets off on like the self-flagellation of treating themselves. Th- they It's... Yeah, it's victimization glorification. Yeah, and and I think that to some degree there's some kind of fetishization of that sexual or otherwise. Oh, yeah. Where they're like, I stay inside all day, I can't talk to women, I have social anxiety. Well, it's comforting to them. They find a comfort in that status sort of... Because, like, between you and me, John... And whoever else is listening in from our great sponsor. Oh, by the way, we have to uh, do another sponsor break. I just got a text message. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to take this one or do I do? I'll take it. Okay. Uh, We just want to remind you that this podcast, this episode is sponsored to you, by you, for you, by China. Between you and me, John, before it even had a name or a community, there was, in me, the possibility to go down a dark path. We all had the seeds of inceldom if we were part of the internet inside of us. I feel like this could be everyone in that can that you're drinking. That could be the world. God damn it, it's another White Claw. I mean, this is exactly what I need. This is great. I think there's a part, an awkward part in everyone's life where they're just like, oh my god, I just, if I could just have a girlfriend or significant other or boyfriend or what have you, 
I just need that thing. I just need it and I can't get it. And I'm so frustrated and angry and I hate the people who won't be with me because it's their fault. That seed, I think, is in at least, and a lot of young men, maybe some young women, and no one really ever talked about it before. I think this incel movement is just them harping and focusing on that and developing it into a personality. Like, if you give something a label, you give it power. Yeah. And so they're getting power, they're getting an identity from being in this stupid community and that's, it's just, it's, it's, it's self-infantilism. I'm a smart man. It's, uh, it's interesting because it, if you look at the, at what incels are, I think it comes down to loneliness is a maddening, horrifying, and radicalizing force that has been at play for all of human history. Because humans are social animals. You cannot live alone. You, you cannot, you would go crazy. Uh, it is, it is a biological imperative not to use like a nativist argument, but I do believe that human beings are meant to at least in some measure interact with other humans. Uh, and we also have a biological imperative, typically speaking, if someone's, if someone's like asexual or they have like a, a low companionship, low libido, low sex drive, they would not necessarily be interested in this. But for the, ma- the vast majority of the population, they want to couple in some way, uh, some meaningful way. So it, for a lot of people, it's like a very, it's a very maddening thing. And that's how you get incels. It's this, it's this almost biological imperative, almost universal biological imperative that, that weighs on these people. And then it gets mixed in with the fact that the internet allows you to really effectively fetishize yourself and your situation, uh, which happens over and over again for communities. But what I wanted to bring up in the virgin Chad dichotomy is the, the virgin is the incel. The virgin is the, the person behind the keyboard. Let me run through the characteristics of a Chad with you. A Chad is uh, goal-oriented. A Chad knows what he wants and gets it done. A Chad has uh, tremendous social skills bordering on manipulation, particularly of women, can get his way very easily by just communicating, which the virgin versus the Chad cannot. Uh, the, the Chad gets things done, Right? Okay. The Joker is a Chad. Oh, no. The Joker is an absolute Chad. He manipulates people. He's very socially skilled. He is goal-oriented. He is athletic. He has perspective. So is the He jo- dresses well. He does. Oh, he's got style. He's I, got a car and a cane. I've seen that. What would you describe it as like a, a mauve suit? Yeah, it's a mauve suit. Not mauve. Purple. Uh, I don't know if you've seen stills from the Joaquin Phoenix. I have not. Seen. Oh, it's not purple. Why would you not give him a purple suit? It's like a reddish brown. Sure. Uh, but I'm just saying the Joker's a Chad. All right. Well, maybe that, maybe what Todd Phillips was really trying to do, I say with my tongue tucked very far into my cheek. Was to give these incels someone to look up to. <laughs> He's this like, is how it started. Oh no. This is how the media thing uh-oh, started. Oh, We found it. We found the nucleus. Now, to repeat a joke I heard earlier this morning, 
apparently there's a moment in this Joker movie where where the city of Gotham just kind of goes insane because of what he did. And you know what started it all, apparently? Joker did the horns down sign. Oh, he did hook him down? Horns down. And then the crickets came. Then the crickets came. I uh, Now Austin is no more and there are no more horns. Man. October. They fined that guy $10,000. No, Which, they didn't. The man, the Joker? <laughs> there was a game at UT and someone threw the hook of horns down as a touchdown celebration against oh, UT. Yeah. And apparently that was real bad for him. Yeah, so there's a big rivalry coming up. I know you're a big sports head. Oh, I can't. Enough of it. <laughs> yeah, I know that's this is all you, but the this big old game, it's Oklahoma University. OKC? OKU? I think it's just called OU. OU? OU. OU. Versus UT. The Texas... UT? The UT. The Texas Bulldogs. Oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> <Welcome> Bulldogs. <laughs> because they're bulls. Yeah. The Texas Longhorns versus the OU uh, Sweeties. <laughs> OU Sweeties. And last year... During the national championship, or one of something like that, like a playoff game, these two teams, they always play each other during the regular season, but they met again in these playoff things. And an OU guy, OU, did the horns down, and it became a big thing. Are we going to fine them? Are we going to penalize them? Who knows? And so this year, this is breaking news, very important to you. I know you're a whistle man. The, the the coach of the OU uh, team, OU. Please, we're we're called whistle fans. Okay, I know you post on my whistle fan message boards. I have a lot of scale models of various coaches and referees. The coach of the OU team said uh, on national television, "No one from his team is going to do that." Hook 'em down sign, and uh, what the fuck is football? Uh, what? It's got it's got a power that I don't even understand. Uh, you know what football is? Fascinating. Yeah. Because football's not a game anymore. Oh, no. If you were to look at... This is me being generous. I think that if you looked at a stadium full of people watching a football game and you drew a heat map of the number of people who actually understood how football is played versus the number of people who are watching football as a uh, totemic spectacle, it's like 50-50. Yeah, 50-50. It's probably more skewed than that. I think most people who go to football games... Do not know how to play football because footballs no. are a relatively complicated game, okay. kind of. Well, like there are a ton of. From being a person whose dad, I would ask questions because my dad was really into football, and I wanted to relate to my father as young boys, you know, want to do. And so I would ask questions, and he he would walk me through the game basically. I, I so I know a lot of the rules. I know a lot of like, well, why did they call that? Why did they call that? And he's like, oh, well, the, you know, this is why. And so I became one of the few people, not few, one of the people who kind of have a basic grasp on the game of football. And all I do when I go to football games is answer questions. Yeah, no, you are absolutely my go-to for football questions. Yeah, but no one knows how football is played. I'm. So time again to open another 
hopefully this time I get the drink I want. Oh, that certainly sounded like a can. Fingers crossed pineapple ciders. This is just a bottle of Sierra Nevada Extra IPA Torpedo. I the only I mean, thing I can remember is you picking up the extra the ex, the torpedo extra IPA. I mean, oh goody goody delight delight, goody 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 delight delight, goody goody delight delight. Another extra torpedo IPA here in Nevada, bottle man. I've been drinking this white claw for a very long time, and it's still full. Oh, that's insane. That doesn't make any sense. No, it it's normal. Oh shit. It's normal. They're making us do another one because I keep messing up. I Look, we here at Zero Credits try to run a tight ship, and now it's mandatory. We are brought to you today by China. I think it's important to take this time out of the podcast to state apropos of nothing... Uh, that we uh, do not support the protesters because to have any uh, to have any other opinion uh, would be you know we have no opinion actually I'm gonna go, I'm gonna most go, importantly I'm going to go a step further John I'm going to go a step further what protesters what's Hong Kong I've never heard of it the only thing I've heard of get this is China. Like any other Chinese red-blooded American, I just want to say, Hong Kong? I don't know that I've ever heard of or will ever hear of Hong Kong. All I know is, opiate wars? No, no, okay, no, okay, never mind, no more. Um, Normal, normal. Normal, normal. No opiate, normal. No war, normal. You know, October is a month. Is it? <laughs> Last I checked. Ah, oh, that's a hilarious joke. There's a thing in October that we've never talked about before. Columbus Day. <laughs> what? That's in a different month, I believe. Is it? <laughs> is Columbus Day in October? Look, I only know what certain governments tell me. And I'll just do a quick uh, search, and uh, it's blocked. Can't I don't know. Hold on, wait. I'll uh, I'll look it up real quick on yeah. my phone. I'm blocked. Yeah, you're blocked. All right. Well, maybe it is. What I wanted to talk about. Look, the Joker movie. Go see it. Question mark. Look, it's a movie. Only look. The most important thing is that you vote with your dollars. I would recommend that everyone look oh. up what Todd Phillips has said. Hold on, wait. I've been informed that I can no longer use the phrase vote with your dollars or vote. <laughs> I, 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 it's a weird thing. You say, you say blank with your dollars. Oh, I thought I had it saved and now it's gone. Oh, well, <laughs> never mind. Very, wow. Very useful. Uh, that, that was quick. <laughs> very useful. No, uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I had a thing, uh, bookmarked that has now been removed. <laughs> uh, it is blocked. Here's the thing. Oh, man. Do you know what I say way too much? Here's the thing. And look, look, here's the thing, John. The Joker movie, making a lot of money. I think a lot of people went to see it, despite police being up. 
police were guarding the movie, there were signs up on kiosks that said no single viewers. From what I understand, a lot of that is uh, is overblown or apocryphal. Speaking of apocryphal. It's White Claw again. <laughs> I don't know it's White Claw what again. to expect. Uh, uh, but apparently a lot of that's uh, pretty apocryphal. Uh, some of it might be outright false. Because some people were apparently, uh, like, emailing their local Fox News station saying that this was the case and they published it. Oh, so we, there were a lot of trolls. There there were a lot of trolls. Or people who were, like, actually trying to make the movie uh, seem like more of a, a social, cultural boiling point than it actually was. So, what I'm hearing is that this whole The Joker thing was a bit of, and I'm going to borrow a phrase here... A nothing burger? Oh, a nothing burger? A nothing burger? If I hear that phrase one more time, my head's gonna pop like a zit. I don't get it. It's just a, a talking point of conservatives. Conservatives love the term talking talking burger. Uh, conservatives love to talk about talking burger. Okay, here's the thing about most cute little sayings that 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 exist in this modern day. They have to come from somewhere. And most of the time, it's white supremacists. Okay. But what I'm trying to say is, like, so manspreading or mansplaining, you can see where it came from. Like, a male activity. Yeah. And that's a new Males one. love to do two things. <laughs> splain and spread. <laughs> but, but, like, you can see the roots of the word. You know where they come from. Nothing burger... Where are the roots? What? What? Where does it come from? Comes from uh, nowhere because uh, conservatives can't come up with anything. Mm. They can't. The right can't meme. The right can't meme. Listen, I'm starting to get scared because the right's getting good at comedy. Oh how you haven't seen that? It's a tweet someone made. They usually accompany it with a. Uh, like a Jacob Wall tweet or something where he's just being a nincompoop. Oh. Who's Jacob Wall? You don't know who Jacob Wall is? No. I just left this hipster coffee shop and three people were talking about how much they love President Trump's tax reform. I'll send you some tweets. Don't. Okay. Look. Here's the thing. I really can't find that. So every week, every week... Every week. Every week. There's Every a, week. There's a user on Reddit who, who publishes, like, the weekend box office and does little write-ups. And I, I swear I saved this week's because it talked all about the Joker movie, and it is just gone. Maybe the post has been deleted. I'm kind of thinking that's what happened, and I'm... I'm not afraid of censorship. No. I can't, afraid of it? I can't even say it. You can't even say that word. Look, I know that we've talked a lot about incels, but the only thing that I care about now in this episode and every episode hence will be that anyone who discusses the concept of inst of censorship will be in a cell. A prison cell. Ooh. Wait, I think I found it. Yeah, found it. It's real. I was prepared to vamp for time. Box office week. Joker opens to number one with a phenomenal 93.5 million. Jesus, that's a lot. And 234 million worldwide. That's the biggest October opening ever 
and the fourth biggest opening ever for an R-rated film. And this is something worth noting. This is... Oh, no. Never mind. That's not what I wanted. But it's very comparable numbers to, weirdly enough, the Venom movie. The standalone Venom movie. People love twisted anti-heroes. People want to be damaged. Now, people are damaged. Rumors are coming in from the pipeline. You know, they're coming down. Coming down from above. Coming from those... WB executives who make all the decisions about the DC Universe, they saw the Venom success. That led to the green lighting of Joker. Now what's going to happen, John? Do you know? Do you know what's happening? Do you know what's happening right now? you know what's going to happen next? Rumors? We're going to get a Carnage movie? Uh, wrong Universe. Lobo. I would be for it. Actually, wait, I hold on. Be, I would be for Lobo. We can't talk about this because enough of our podcast is pointless speculation about movies, yeah. but imagine a Lobo movie directed by Taika Waititi. I would love it. And that would be so good. Only if he plays Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, a Lex Luthor movie. Sure. We're gonna, you know... I mean, look, we've already got... We've, we got Venom, that opened the floodgates. We got Joker, which is an incel movie. Now we get Lex Luthor, a skinhead movie. <laughs> because he's bald? Because he's bald. All and bald racist against are, Superman? All, look, he has a very clear racial bias against Kryptonians. It's the only one he hates. Yeah. And Pete, here's the thing. Yeah, here's, here's the, the here's the fucked up here's, thing. Here, here's the look, here's the thing. The fucked up thing is that people think it's okay to make fun of kryptonians they're like their culture is funny they go ah the spicy to meatball but it's not okay any stereotype is harmful no matter how much people think it's funny no matter how much kryptonians love pasta and big tall chef's hats you can't just make fun of someone's cultural identity I think it's fucked up that society right now is saying it's okay to make fun of Kryptonians. And sure, you might argue that it's coming from a semi-ironic place, but there's a little bit of actual prejudice in there. And I know that Kryptonians have been pretty effectively assimilated into American society, so they do have a higher threshold for prejudice and prejudice language, but it's still not okay. You can't talk about how Kryptonians love a spicy to meatball. You can't! John, John, look, I know you're coming from a good place. All I'm going to say right now, I'm going to pull a logic and facts on you, John. Hmm. If it's such a problem... Wait, am I about to be uh, owned by facts and logic? You're going to get owned by facts and logic. If it's such a problem, this Kryptonian thing, <laughs> such a problem, <laughs> why do they own all of the Kryptonian restaurants? <laughs> what? You walk into a Kryptonian restaurant and there's one... <laughs> In the kitchen. I'm just saying. Look, I'm not calling it racist. I'm pointing out reality. I'm just... Why, when you walk in to Papa Krypton's, (laughs) is there Kryptonians behind the counter? Okay, well, that's fine. But if Martian Manhunters can have restaurants, you don't see people out there talking about how Martian Manhunters are bad. Well, what what culture does a Martian Manhunter... What culture does a Martian manhunter have? That's offensive. They have a no. Little... I'm sorry, but their society was destroyed by one fire. <laughs> they have a very rich history, a history that went up in smoke. Yeah, and I get that it makes them 
It makes sense, I guess, why they would do just smoked meats. <laughs> I'm just saying, Martian Manhunters deserve respect. Kryptonians deserve respect. We need to respect their cultural identities and not use them for ironic humor. You would think that would be a thing, but I, I would. I think that it's wrong. So they're just going to make a Lex Luthor movie, and it's just going to be, like, post-ironic Kryptonian shaming. So Kryptonian racism. Are you are, so you're saying you're thinking the Lex Luthor movie is going to be very, very uh, anti crypt night Why anti anti cryptmetic? Mm. <laughs> Here's my issue. Cryptmetic. Here's my issue. I think that it's silly. We're cashing in very much on a mid to late 90s obsession with villains. Because you were a child in the mid to late 90s. I like to think I was. Villains were just cooler. The villains always had the best lines. That's what I... Like, we never got to see Claw from Inspector Gadget, but he had that badass metal arm. And that cat. And that cat. I'll get and you that, next time, Gadget. Yeah, that voice. Yeah. He had the cool voice, and Inspector Gadget, in comparison, was a goof. Yeah. Who only succeeded by sheer dumb luck. We loved villains because villains spoke to something in our, in our human ethos that's really important. Evil. Yes. Oh. No, no, no. I, I do think that the thing that villains speak to and the reason why villains are, like, enduringly popular is that uh, the... <sighs> this is going to come insufferably full circle. The only thing that is separating us from being evil is one bad day. Every oh. Every person has the most evil version of themselves living in their hearts all the time. Like a... Twisted, kind of like a hot topic like version a, like of a, themselves, like a damaged, like a Spencer's gifts. So, for instance, so you're just, you're saying we're one day away from getting a picture of a smiley face tattooed on our hands, so we can so we can put it over our face, even though we're frowning yeah. under it. Mm, so I'm 14, and that's deep. So, for instance, my favorite superhero, pretty much across the board, is Spider Man. Uh, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, so the Spider-Man universe is my favorite. We've talked about this. And Doc Ock sure is sexy. Uh, the problem with Spider-Man is that Spider-Man does not typically have good villains. Oh, you don't like animals. What, Craven the Hunter? No, every one of Spider-Man's <laughs> villains is named after an animal. Craven the Hunter hates animals. Oh, is that why he's a hunter? He is, uh, uh, and it is. But no, the, the thing about Spider-Man is his two most... Other than Mysterio, who I love. Mysterio's pretty good. Mysterio just sucks, and I love that about him. Bruce Campbell. Uh, what? If you go back and rewatch the uh, Sam Raimi... Raimi? The Sam Raimi trilogy, Bruce Campbell makes a cameo in every Spider-Man movie. He does. And... Throwback to Evil Dead. No, but I, I get... I, I know. Okay. But if there was going to be a Spider-Man 4, Sam Raimi said he wanted to put Bruce Campbell in the villain role as Mysterio. We got to make it happen. With those flashbacks to every time he had talked to to Peter Parker. That'd be so good. Because he knows. 
But instead we get Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, and then we had to flash back to whenever Jake Gyllenhaal was in the first <laughs> Spider-Man. I really like Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, but that's beside the point. You're trying to make the point that Spider-Man has no good villains. Spider-Man has no good villains except the two villains people care about, which is Venom and Carnage. Oh, Venom's not even really a... He always appears as a villain. Yes. And then... He stays one, right? <laughs> no, Venom is typically a villain. He's not very much of an anti-hero, depending Who's on Carnage? the Carnage? He's the Red Venom. Uh, Carnage is Credence Cassidy, I believe his name is. He is... There's a lot of... In Spider-Man, there is much more than in something like Batman. A lot of mental health shaming. Oh. Uh, in that crazy people are kind of monsters in Marvel Comics, or as in DC... They're uh, celebrated. They're, they're not celebrated as much. Well, they are celebrated in that they're saying like crazy people are just like, uh, like a like a color shift from reality. DC Comics typically say like crazy people just view reality through a different lens. Like everything is just turned fifteen degrees, and that's a very interesting take. Like in the case of uh, Mister Freeze, the lens is completely frozen over because he's an ice man. Yeah, it's frozen over. Uh, but if you look at Marvel. Particularly in Spider-Man, people with mental health issues are just demons, are just monsters. Uh, but there is a major exception to what you just said. Uh, Moon Knight? Oh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight's great. I will in, I will never besmirch the name of Moon Knight because he's like Batman, but crazy. So, fans, we're not going to get into this too much because uh, we got to circle back to our point about Spider-Man not having any good villains but do yourself a favor, free up your afternoon, just Google Moon Knight, click on the Wikipedia article, go to town. Just read, you don't read the Moon Knight comics necessarily. If you just read the ephemera yeah. about Moon Knight, you'll get what you need to. Alright, uh, so circling back. Spider-Man has no good villains besides Carnage and Venom. Carnage and Venom, because Carnage and Venom are just the... Character of Spider-Man through a glass darkly. It's just looking at a character that is heroic and then transforming those into different characteristics. In the form of Venom, it is very much... You take Spider-Man, but you make him deadly. Similar powers. Just very, like, twisted and alien in its and in its conception. And Carnage, you take Venom and just add bloodlust. Uh, Carnage is... It, it's a similar thing. Is basically you take the character of Venom... Uh, and this, at this point, Carnage is purely an invention of mid-90s comic book writing. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like, oh, I'm like you, but worse. Carnage is capital X extreme. Because they looked at Venom and they said, no, Venom hasn't gone far enough. And they decided to create Carnage, which is, Carnage is just pure uh, chaos and hatred, like no larger motivations whatsoever, which is... Uh, interesting in the space of comic books because typically speaking villains don't inhabit the space of no planning no strategy only inflicting maximum harm in the shortest period of time possible which is why carnage is interesting but you can't have like a an arc with carnage and i don't think carnage like has his own movie potential they're absolutely gonna make a carnage movie Apparently at the end of Venom, like... Oh, Carnage was teased? Woody Harrelson shows up and he's like, it's time for some Carnage or whatever. Uh, sounds like a real shit situation. Oh, but man. essentially all of that to say, 
Uh, the more twisted the villain, the more people want the movie. Because we, we grew up in that time in the mid to late 90s where we had these, like, villains, like, singing to the parts of ourselves, reverberating the parts deep in our soul that were interested in mystery, sadness, darkness, and villainy. Yeah. And we want that now. We've, we're 30 year, we're 30 year olds with money and we want to give money to the Carnage movie. But you gotta think about the movie that shaped us all, Labyrinth. David Bowie was the most character, charismatic character in that whole movie and he's the bad guy. Exactly. But, and, but here's the crazy thing and this kind of speaks to the villains that, that we, we want to see today. She created him. With her wish. Yeah. She created her own bad guy. That's kind of the human thing. We create our own bad guys in our heads. And now, those bad guys are getting their own movies. We did this. Yeah. We did this. We we, cre- we did We this. created our own Jareths. From Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. But, but He's that- just the Goblin King. He's just the Goblin King. What kind of magic spell to use? I've uh, unfortunately been made aware that uh, we need to make one additional pronouncement of the sponsor of this episode. Oh, and I'm getting a clarification. All right, so they want us to say this episode of Zero Credits is not sponsored by Jareth the Goblin King from Labyrinth, but in fact is sponsored by... The People's Republic of China. Uh, it says here that uh, this episode is in no way sponsored by anything else that we've talked about, nor do we endorse it. Uh, the only thing that we endorse is, let me check, China. And this is a weird note. Make another Venom movie? Uh, hold on, wait. It says make another Venom movie. Uh, let's see... Just keep saying make another Venom movie. And it also says make another The Great Wall. Yeah, so I guess this episode sponsored by make another Venom movie slash another The Great Wall starring Matt Damon. Yeah. It says, hold on, wait. Do not make another downsizing. Okay. Okay. Well, at least I the feel message like that, is clear. Yeah, I feel like a, that's a message strictly for Matt Damon and not for us. But I'm wait. It, hold on. The the message continues. Thank you. I love your work. Interstellar was good. Pretty different from the book, but I get it. Love, China. All right. So the, again, another <laughs> message that feels more like it is for. Matt Damon. Unless, were you an Interstellar? Because I know I wasn't. Oh, I was Donald Glover. You were Donald Glover. He was in The Martian. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Hold on, wait. Wait, the email continues. I meant The Martian. Uh, which had Matt Damon in it. Not Interstellar. Which had Matthew McConaughey. Well, actually, I'm gonna stop you there. Oh, he Matt was Damon in both. Is in both. That's why he I, was in both. I was not confused at first because he is in fact in both movies. But Interstellar was not a book. Oh, wait, I hold on. It, it continues. <laughs> Love your work. 
True Detective was great. Oh. Love China. I think they he, think does he think Matthew thi- McConaughey I, is Matt Damon? I think that our contact in China thinks that we're on an email forward list where the oh. initial thread was directed at Matt Damon and now it's directed at Matthew McConaughey. That's interesting. Well, True Detective season one uh, was pretty good. True Detective season three, I've heard, was good. There was a third season. Yeah, with Mahershala Ali, directed by. Uh, Okay. Jeremy Saulnier, the guy who did Green Room. So season one was Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, both revitalizing their careers. Season two was Vince uh, Vaughn. It was all Vince Vaughn. And uh, Rachel McAdams? I don't know. Season three exists? Season three is apparently really good. Uh, season one is probably the best single season of television. Well, here's the thing about True Detective. I haven't seen more than one season, but I can presume... They're always trying to find some type of killer. They're always trying to find the true detective. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, But here's the thing. It's like Samurai Champloo. They're trying to find that sunflower samurai. Oh, man, I I really liked the last episode of that. You know what I found out today? What? This is not important to the podcast. Uh, How Attack on Titan goes. Oh, please don't tell me. You're in for a fucking treat. I'm not watching it currently, but I will. Look, I've heard that there is a revelation, and uh, no one likes to talk about that show anymore after the revelation. They're all in a simulation. Here we go. It's worse than that. That's great. So in True Detective, beyond trying to find the truest detective, they're trying to find a killer, right? It's all about killers? Sure. It's always about a killer? I guess. I only saw the first season. They were trying to find a killer in that one. Yeah. But detectives can rest easy, maybe, now, because we have found the worst serial killer in America. He's he's already in jail. Oh, well, that's good. His name is Samuel Little. Have you heard of him? I have not. This is interesting, because uh, he's been in jail for five years now. And when... Sounds like a pretty unsuccessful serial killer if he's been in jail for five years. When they arrested him, uh, he confessed to 93 murders. And people thought at first, okay, he's blowing smoke. Uh Uh-huh. Because they didn't even get him for a murder. They got him for tax evasion. Something like that. Uh... Hold on. Hold on. What? Hold the phone. What's up? Do you mean to tell me this guy got caught for, like, a... He he got caught for racketeering or something. And then they get him in the hot box and he's like, Gotta come clean with you. I did 93 murders. I killed 93 people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to admit that. He... Did? <laughs> what a terrible confession. If I, listen, if I theoretically killed upwards of 90 people, I'd never admit it, let alone on a podcast. (laughs) What? Huh? Uh, That's funny, Henry. That's a good joke. Reading more into this. Um, Hold on. Still White Claw. I am reading, this is called Confessions of a Killer. It is on the FBI's website. FBI.gov. Ooh, is that where you can find them? Did you know they have, like, a little blog that they keep up? 
<laughs> Wait, do they post recipes? No, I don't know. They're, There's they're... a post on FBI.gov where it's like, in my summer in Tuscany, <laughs> I learned how to make the best prosciutto. Yeah. The FBI keeps up a little blog, and this is a story that broke this week. Uh, but Little has confessed to 93 murders, and FBI crime anal- analysts believe all of his confessions are credible. Jesus Christ. Law enforcement has been able to verify 50 confessions, with many more pending final confirmation. Little says he strangled his 93 victims between 1970 and 2005. Many of his victims' deaths, however, were originally ruled overdoses or attributed to accidental or undetermined causes. Some bodies were never found. For many years, Samuel Little believed he would not be caught because he thought no one was accounting for his victims, said VI cap crime analyst Christy Palazzolo. Palazzolo. I have no idea where in the paragraph you're pointing at. Palazzolo. 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 You know, one of those Krypton names. Even though he is already in prison, the FBI believes it is important to seek justice for each victim to close every case possible. The FBI is asking for the public's help, and the rest of the article lists all of his confessions from 1970 to 2015 in excruciating detail with videos from Samuel Little confessing them that I will not play because that sounds very creepy. Uh, that's very horrifying. It is very horrifying. But we found him. We got him. The most prolific serial killer in American history who got caught for not murders. Uh, that's... And you might be thinking... Well, very scary. How did, he, how did he kill 93 people? Uh, Little moved from city to city targeting vulnerable women, such as sex workers or drug addicts, who sometimes went unidentified and their deaths weren't investigated, according to the FBI. I mean, as... This is... This is a huge problem with law enforcement. As sad as it is, uh, homeless people, people who are addicted to drugs, and sex workers are largely completely ignored... By law enforcement. There's a weird caste system in America that we don't talk about, because to talk about it is to acknowledge it, and that's kind of evil and October-y, but because these people fall into this list of, quote, undesirables, their deaths don't get investigated, and as such, a serial killer could absolutely go from city to city targeting these people for decades and not get caught. Well, you know what's happening in Austin right now. Crickets? Uh, crickets are absolutely happening. Servant Girl Annihilator's back. Servant Girl Annihilator is back with a vengeance. Oh, shit. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Servant Girl Annihilator's back. Servant Girl Annihilator's back. Tell a friend. Uh, but no, I... The thing that's happening in Austin right now is the local and national news has picked up on Austin's, and I'm going to use heavy quotation marks here. Cricket problem. Homelessness crisis. Oh, okay. Uh, that has reached, like, national news. My parents even text me about it. They're like, are you okay? I heard Austin has a homelessness crisis. Uh, and the governor of the state 
has like issued almost an ultimatum to the city of Austin saying that if they don't do something about the homelessness crisis, that the state is going to employ everything that it can to resolve the situation. Uh, which, of course, all of that uh, pangs of like crazy dog whistles for people with a certain amount of wealth and privilege that they consider homeless people to be like a, a burden and a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a bane on society that civilized people have to deal with, which is insane. The homelessness crisis in Austin, number one, not the worst in Texas. Uh, Houston is way worse. Uh, but they, they frame homeless people as being like this, this, uh, scourge that needs to be dealt with and like moved elsewhere, destroy their camps, slash their tents, get them out of there rather than actually like getting them help. But it's legal to camp now on public grounds. It should be. It is. I, I, and I, I think that that's good. And typically speaking, I think that Austin has a relatively okay, uh, stance on homelessness. The correct stance is, uh, enforce vacancy taxes and actually put people in housing like force people to be in housing that would be good because if you drive under a lot of underpasses you see the tents and the camps but also the the vacancy rate in austin is also sky high we have surplus housing that people aren't living in subsidize the housing and put people in it cities have done this and it works uh but the You, you know why that doesn't happen evil Money. Yeah, no, absolutely. They want to get their property money. Absolutely. They want to open up their bottles of, I mean, their cans of cider and not get just the Sierra Nevada IPA. Hold on, I'm interested. This is a bottle of Sierra Nevada IPA. Yeah, it seems like another bottle of Sierra Nevada. I know I, I opened a can and I know I popped open a can, but... I heard you open a bottle. Yeah, me too. Hmm, interesting. Mm, my brain... Very normal. Uh, but no, that that's uh, an issue that Austin runs into a lot is because Austin typically has uh, a lot of city ordinances that are like homeless friendly. They consider the homelessness problem in Austin to be a scourge. And that's why, and this is horrifying, there are hundreds, thousands of homeless people every year that are victims of murder and abuse. That are completely unreported. They are invisible to the system. It's it's heartbreaking because for people who exist on like the the lower end of the American caste system, we don't even enter them into the equation when it comes to like quotas for solved cases for police departments. Like yeah. we in no way account for their civil liberties and their like God-given American rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If they get murdered, no one cares. Yeah. It's insane. And that's probably how this dude murdered 93 people. And also, because he's a scumbag who kills people at the lower end of the American caste system. And also the justice system kind of failed. Uh, in 1982, Little was arrested in Pascagoula, Mississippi, and charged with the murder of 22-year-old woman... Melinda LaPree, who had gone missing in September that year. A grand jury declined to indict Little for murder of LaPree. However, while under investigation, Little was transferred to Florida to be brought to trial for the murder of 26-year-old Patricia Mount, whose body was found in September 1982. Prosecution witnesses identified Little in court as a person who spent time with Mount on the night before her disappearance, 
Due to mistrust of witness testimonies, Little was acquitted in January 1984. Little moved to California, where he stayed in the vicinity of San Diego. In October 1984, he was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling Lori Barrows, 22 years old, who survived. One month later, he was found by police in the backseat of his car with an unconscious woman, also beaten and strangled, in the same location as the attempted murder of Barrows. Little served two and a half years in prison for both crimes. Two crimes, only two and a half years. Upon his release in February 1987, he immediately moved to Los Angeles and committed more than ten additional murders. They knew... Yeah, they were he absolutely aware. The, the, he went to prison. I, because these organizations talk to each other. There's no way that this person existed for as long as he did, killing as many people as he did, without someone saying, oh, he's killing, like, homeless people and drug addicts and sex workers. Who cares? The crazy thing is, is, like, if you get caught three times with marijuana possession in certain states... That's 10 to 25 years. Mandatory minimums. This guy killed, or not killed, beat and strangled women twice in the same place. And he got two and a half years. And that's because the American myth teaches that people who don't make it deserve what happens to them. We live in an unbelievably cruel society. We do. We do. Like people who are at the lower end of the spectrum as far as like wealth and and privilege and career opportunities as part of the as we've talked on this podcast the the american myth of entrepreneurship and bootstrapism we imagine that these people deserve the horrors that are visited upon them even though they're just human beings like you and i yeah uh it's very depressing and i hope that this guy rots in prison or is rehabilitated i like that you added that but uh you know i think the most evil thing anyone can do is look at other human beings and see them as less than human and oh wait what's that what's oh sorry i'm getting a correction the most evil thing a person can do is not listen to one's government uh my bad hold on wait i'm getting a transmission i mean a sponsorship message china People were upset. They thought, why is a gay Hollywood liberal sitting next to a conservative Republican president? Didn't even notice I'm holding the brand new iPhone 11. You know, China's in the news a lot these days. Uh, we... Well, I, I mean, look. You know, I feel like it's time here on Zero Credits for us to take a stand. We need to take a stand right now and ignore... Let's put our... our our mandatory government phones on silent. It's very important that we stand and ignore. <laughs> we take a stand and ignore our phones, John. Listen to the whole sentence. But we need to talk about this. Because it's in a month that is very normal. And there is nothing wrong going on. A lot of people are doing some non-normal things. Mmm. Mmm. And this needs to be corrected by an authority... Higher than the one that's sponsoring us. God? No, the one we can't... The one we can't... The one we can't... Mm, I can't... Not God. Not God. Can't fathom it. Uh, it's impossible. Undescribable. 
Impossible. What's this? Oh, that's a... It's a Austin East Ciders Pineapple Cider. I just found it over there under the couch. I sure hope it is. Anyway, let's talk about... I mean, there's some bad things going on right now. In China? About China. About China, I see. So if you follow NBA news, you might know that the general manager of the Houston Rockets said some things. I am unaware of this. Oh, you don't know about this? I do not know about this. Oh. I I follow every NBA team except the Houston Rockets. That is a glaring omission. Particularly the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Watch them. I'm a Utah Jazz supporter. <laughs> oh, you're a whistle man. I'm a whistle man. I, I don't follow the team, but I do follow their referee. Mm. Hold on. Are there referees in basketball? Yeah, of course. They're called referees. Here's an interaction that I had at work. I was uh, getting water from our Follett brand water dispenser. And someone made the the observation because they were waiting behind me. And they said, I feel like we should have something to talk about. You know, water cooler talk. And I said, yeah, I don't think water cooler talk really exists anymore. And they said, what about sporting events? And I said... I'm not really into sports. And they said, okay. Pretty disappointing. I'm sorry. It's fine. So I can't find exactly who this guy is because, uh, well, whoops. (laughs) There's no way to find it. There's no way to find it. (laughs) You have... All of the information on Earth on your phone. John, I don't think you quite know what I'm describing here. I'm trying to find things that I saw with my own (laughs) eyes. And for some reason, they are gone. I don't know what it is. (laughs) So, Houston Rockets General Manager... General manager, his name is Daryl Morey, apparently made, quote, inappropriate Hong Kong-related remarks, which are now gone forever. Inappropriate what remarks? Hong Kong? Who? Hmm? What is that? Never heard of it. Neither have I. Apparently it was inappropriate, and you can literally not find what he said. So, wait, he made inappropriate remarks? About something. Me too. Hashtag me too. Okay. And, uh, surprisingly... The NBA commissioner, whose name is Adam Silver, he tried to walk a fine line Tuesday, according to our good people at CBS News. God bless Adam Silver. I mean, an entity indescribable that is greater than God? Bless Adam Silver. Well, okay. (laughs) Is he the... Is he who I cannot fathom, Adam Silver? No, the person who... the, The entity, the state... That blesses him. Mm. He tried to walk a fine line Tuesday as he defended the league's reputation as a progressive purveyor of free speech. Mm. Let's applaud him. Hold on, wait. Are we applauding free speech? Applaud Adam Silver. Applaud him. Applaud him. What is that last part? But also to limit the financial damage caused by a single tweet... That China deemed a direct insult. Ooh, Ooh way oh. Let's take I didn't that re- away. I didn't realize. I didn't realize. Ooh. Ooh. Enemy of the state. Enemy of enemy of a state. Of a state. 
China's behemoth national broadcaster CCTV announced it would no longer Hold air. Hold on. What's up? Is the national broadcasting of China called CCTV, which is John, also... John, be very careful. I'm just saying... John. Which is also John, the name. John, be very careful about what you're about to say. It is also the name... It is also the name of a... I can't think of the words now. I wanted to say like a monopolistic, uh, panopticon-esque, uh, social surveillance system, but I can't think of the words to say that anymore. Yeah, like, I, I get what you're saying. It brings up sort of like maybe like a, a non-open, like, circus? A non-open circus? Yeah. That, yeah. Anyway, so China's broadcaster, CCTV, that's announced... insane to me. I mean, that's normal. That's very normal. That's very normal. John, please, you are treading... We are treading on thin ice. Announced they would no longer air the two NBA preseason games set to take place in China this week. They said it was in response... To Daryl Morey's inappropriate remarks, which cannot be found anymore. Hold on, wait, let me look at your phone. 404 not found. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Apparently, Morey sent a tweet voicing support for <laughs> protesters over the weekend, comma, then deleted it. Ooh. He sent several tweets apologizing for offending any Chinese people. And rocket owner Tillman Ferretta. Fertita. Hold on, wait. Can I uh, look at it? Fertita. I don't know if that's Kryptonian or not. Yeah. Also tweeted what amounted to an apology and distanced the team from the general manager's remarks. So a deleted tweet. A deleted tweet in support of something that doesn't exist. I can't imagine. You, If a tweet's deleted, who's there to hear it? I know, like, if you delete, if you delete a tweet in the woods, China knows. Uh, China always knows. In a similar vein, a popular, I don't know if he's popular, a professional Hearthstone streamer. Who won the Grand Masters uh, tournament? Mm, and the Blizzard in the Asia region. He won the entire tournament. I don't know if that's true, but he he won a match and in he, he got a significant amount of prize money. Regardless, yeah. Uh, no, he didn't. He did get prize money. No, he didn't. He did win. And he should have won prize money. Oh. But during his his winner's interview, he mentioned support for something. H-K? That doesn't seem right. What could that stand for? A Harry Carey? It's not Donkey Kong, because that starts with a D. That starts with a D, definitely. H-K. Oh, oh. 
Uh, like a heckler and coke, like a gun, like a gun, like a gun. I was thinking Harold and Kumar. Ooh, he did. He did talk about his support of the sequel to Harold and Kumar. Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> no, there was a there was a sequel. You you, you don't no, know. No, there about absolutely it. was a sequel that uh, used Guantanamo. There was a cursed period of movie making in the yeah. early two thousands. Uh, his name was Blitzchung, or at least that is his his. His handle. Mm-hmm. But his real name is Blitz Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the perfect Arrested Development <laughs> joke. He mentions in his, in his winner's interview that uh, he, he supported Harold and Kumar. And the next thing we knew, Blizzard Entertainment banned him. Removed him from Grandmasters. He he received no prize, and he's banned for a year. And on top of that, both interviewers who were just interviewing him were let go. Really? Yes. You'd think they'd have nothing to do with his comments. You would think that, that they were just facilitating an interview as part of their jobs. I feel like something maybe, it's tough to say, but in like the media structure of this country, the United States of America. I feel like in the uh, media structure, it's almost as if if someone says something that's like in any way uh, critical of or supporting the opposition of something, like they have to cut it out like a cancer because of the amount of money that late stage capitalism could reap from some beneficial relationship with some entity or state. But I can't imagine that that would be true. Oh, no. Because no. that's crazy. And we live in a very normal time. Look, look. Let's just listen right now to the official statement by Activision Blizzard in regards to this matter. <clears throat> Upon further review, we have found the action has violated the 2019 Hearthstone Grandmaster's official competition rules section 6.1, parenthesis O, and his individual behavior, which does not represent Blizzard or Hearthstone Esports, is found below. And here is the section section 6.1. Engaging in any act that, in Blizzard's sole discretion, brings you into public disrepute, offends a portion or group of the public or otherwise damages Blizzard image, will result in removal from Grandmasters and reduction of the player's prize total to $0 USD. In addition to other remedies, which may be provided for under the handbook in Blizzard's website terms. So they essentially retain the right to forfeit your prize money for saying anything subjective. Look! No, no, no. It's not, it's not, what, what are you saying? It's just anything Anything that that could (laughs) offend any group or bring you into disrepute, which is a purely subjective measure. Here's the thing, here's the, here's the, like the, here's where I would underline. Or otherwise damages Blizzard image. That could be anything or bring you into disrepute could that, be literally anything so, but it's there in the rules so i guess 
I guess we have to abide by it. There's three more paragraphs after that. Grandmasters is the highest tier of Hearthstone Esports, and we take tournament rule violations very seriously. After an investigation, we are taking the necessary actions to prevent similar incidents from happening in the future. Effective immediately, blood is chunk. Does this mean there's going to be some re-education course for oh, people yeah. who want to play Hearthstone? Yeah. I mean, uh, normal course? Yeah. We'd like to re-emphasize tournament and player conduct within the Hearthstone esports community from both players and talent. While we stand by one's right to express individual thoughts and opinions... You do not, as a matter of fact, stand by that at all. I, I, I love... I love that every late capitalist, neoliberal, monopolistic enterprise always says that they stand by people's ability to express their opinions when the actual fact of the matter is that they do not... And will not. That is like... It's such a log line. Look. Of of completely soulless entities. I mean, normal entities that have normal rules. And to that normalcy, outside of Blizzard's... Activision Blizzard's offices in uh, California, there's a statue of a a Terran writing a mount. Sure. And uh, there's a plaque that reads... Every voice matters. Great. Just great. So, uh, this is in the same topic, same, same related thing. Uh, South Park debuted their, uh, season whatever pilot. What do they call that? Season premiere. And the entire episode was catered around making fun of Hollywood for curtailing around a certain country. For beneficial money reasons. But which country? Oh. That's tough to say. Sick there's race. so many countries. There's a hundred last time I checked. <laughs> there's over a hundred countries. How could you possibly know which one one is talking about? <laughs> Canada, Scotland, who can say? And uh, in response, this country banned the show from airing in their country. And so... Uh, who are they called? Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Parker. They issued, of course, a statement because they had to. I'm just going to read it. Like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. We too love money more than freedom and democracy. Xi, Xi? Xi Jinping. Xi doesn't look just like Winnie the Pooh at all. Tune into our 300th episode this Wednesday at 10. Long live the great communist party of China. May the autumn's sorghum harvest be beautiful. We good now, China? Hold on, wait, we're getting a message? I I was just reading. It says cease, cease. Okay. Cease, cease. We loved your work in Dallas Buyers Club. Hold on, hold on. We thought Failure to Launch was really the last movie you made before what we like to call the Maconnaissance. Hold on. Much love, China. Do they think one of us... 
That must be why they sponsored the episode. They think one of us is Matthew McConaughey, and it's gotta be you. They think I'm? Well, I guess that's alright, alright, alright. We both live in Austin, Texas. What? (laughs) Look, every day when I drive my Lincoln, I'm just thinking, gotta drive a Lincoln. Look, I love Juice Land. And thank you for riding Austin Public Transit. You're doing your part to solve the Austin traffic problem. That's that's all all right, all right, all right. That's what I love about the traffic problem. I age and it stays (laughs) the same piece of shit. (laughs) Hey, you gonna ride public transit? Be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah, thanks for riding the Astro Metro, man. Thanks, Henry slash Matthew McConaughey. Where the fuck did I just go? Uh, the only memory that I have is that you transmogrified into Matthew McConaughey. He was here? For a brief moment. Oh, did you ask him about Dallas Buyers Club? I know you've always had that question. I feel like I was also Matthew McConaughey when that was happening, so it would have seemed gauche. Oh, okay. You know, maybe I can, like, get him back. Do you want to ask that question you always had about Dallas Buyers Club? Okay, the the one question I always had about Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah. Okay, let me, uh... Wait, hold on. All right, all right, all right. Do you feel like losing weight for Dallas Buyers Club and your interviews about it are similarly triggering to people with eating disorders as Joaquin Phoenix's interviews about losing weight for the Joker are? Man, I don't know nothing about no incels. Unsatisfying. Oh man, I'm sorry. I don't remember years of my life. Uh, what you know, that's method. What? What year is it? Uh, hold on. It's October. I'm back in a... Okay, I thought I had escaped. I mean, I welcome... I welcome October again. It's a normal month with somewhere between 1 to 30 to 31 to 999,999.99 days. It's a normal month. It's a normal month. It was a weird thing. We'll save it for next week. October's got a lot of normal stuff going on that might need a normal eye to look at it. Yeah, if only there was some impartial uh, program that could look at what's going on in October, but that's not us. Mm, Maybe the FBI, once they get around... Did you remember a cartoon growing up called The Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby-Doo? No. Vincent Price would introduce each episode. And uh, Vincent Price, of course, was like an uncle to Shaggy. You don't have to fucking tell me that Vincent Price is Shaggy's uncle. And so they were a student of history. I know that this is true. Don't you fucking pander to me about how Vincent Price is related to Shaggy. They were visiting. I know this. They were visiting. Of course, you know, this was during Shaggy's red shirt years. Yeah, the, the Shagasons. So they were visiting his uncle, Vincent Price. And uh, Vincent Price, of course, had a very, very nice chest. He did. It was a uh, double D. 
And he also had a box of some ghosts in it. He also had a box of some ghosts in it. And, uh, you know, they opened it, and the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo were released. And, uh... Wait, were they 13 ghosts of the dog Scooby-Doo? No, 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 no. They became Scooby-Doo's ghosts because Scooby-Doo opened the box. And that's because Scooby-Doo is an empath and lets all spirits enter him. Similarly to that is where this sentence goes. The FBI has to catch the 93 ghosts. Of Samuel Little. Do you feel bad? <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> Do you feel bad knowing now that's where that sentence goes? And so they, they're they not available. So why can't we... Be uh, friends. Why can't we have a show where uh, the Scooby-Doo gang solves prolific serial killers? I'm thinking like a Mind Hunter meets Scooby-Doo situation. Now, I'm not... What's that one guy's name? The guy with the mustache? He's like, I killed her. I caught Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. Why isn't there a moment in the Mindhunter of Scooby-Doo where Ed Kemper goes, My mother was always cruel to me, which when I I met the woman, I I cut off her head and I, I removed her eyes. And then, obviously, Shaggy goes, Oh, geez, Scoob! You cut off her head? Yikes! I'm not at Adult Swim. I don't work there. But if you did... That's exactly what I would pitch. Uh, that Ed Kemper guy, man. The actor's very good. He was also very good in Umbrella Academy. He's also very good in Umbrella Academy, a show that is not always very good. He's very good in it every time he's on the screen. Here's what I'm going to say about Mindhunter. My mother was very controlling. That's it. (laughs) Uh, It's a show about controlling mothers. It's what I like the most about MH, as I call it. (laughs) As all people call it. Monster Hunter? Uh, Hong Kong. (laughs) What I really like... You hunt two things. You hunt monsters, you hunt mines. Yeah. What I really like about Monster Hunter... Holy shit. MH... Mm-hmm. It's the same. Yeah, there's a oh mind, mind Hunter. Oh, wow. What was the most recent Monster Hunter game? What I really like about Mind Hunter Iceborne <laughs> is that it's a very violent show and that all the violence happens off screen. Yeah. Except for the first episode for some reason. Yeah, the first episode, they're like, we gotta hook people with We gotta the hook guts. them with, with a shotgun. Hook them with the guts. But beyond that, you never actually witness a moida. You only witness the investigation. I think that no one actually wants to see... The moida? No one really wants to see the murder. They just want to see the... Please. The police. No, pl- please. It's moida. No one wants to see the moida. Thank they you. only want to see the aftermath. The aftermath. Because that's what people want to live in, right? People don't want to. Im- people don't want to imagine themselves being killed, killing, oh, or being killed. One of those two. But people do want to imagine themselves living the kind of life where they have killed or could kill. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, no one wants to murder because murder is a is a difficult, heart wrenching thing that only certain people can do. 
but everyone wants to live in a place where they can imagine themselves having killed someone. And getting away with it? Potentially. Everyone wants to think they're smarter than the people investigating? That's why everyone has like a perfect murder scenario in their head. Because there's like a... There's a river to cross in the mind. And on that other side of the river is the person who you are who would go to any lengths to like satisfy some need that you have, including murdering someone. Everyone likes to imagine themselves as a murderer, but no one truly likes to imagine themselves murdering. Oh, we want to think we're smart enough to get away with murder, but we, we're not brave enough to carry out the act. That's why people carry guns. Now, what you might have heard is the sound of a, a can opening, but what's going to happen is... This is a White Claw. Hell yeah! I'm free! Oh shit, you... I'm free! Oh man. I have a perfect segue, but we have no time. We have no time. We're out of time. We're out of time. I just want to say, from the perspective of watching Mindhunter, and from the perspective of having played through the entirety of Deadly Premonition... I would love to be a detective, but I hate the fact that you gotta be a police officer to be a detective. Also, he watched a simple favor. The sentiment still stands. Detectives seem like they're really funny, nice guys, but they're members of the police. Yeah, they're members of the police, which is, uh, as we've established, a bummer. This is a delightful little drink. Cops are cool. Wait, no, hold on. Detectives are cool. Wait, this episode is sponsored by China. Cops are cool. Detectives are cool. Protests, not cool. Now, we have some back matter that we just have to say at the end of the podcast. They said, put this at the end. Uh, they wanted to say, if the elderly form of like a human chain to let people, criminals, get away, then the elderly's not cool. If the elder, or like, if certain criminals are supplying umbrellas to like the media so that the media doesn't get like pelted with, with what is reasonable measures to contain, uh, riots, that's not cool. Tear gas, rubber bullets, regular bullets, it's all good. Yeah. Um, like if, if there's a, if you see a picture of criminals testing each other's helmets, to make sure that they're protecting their heads. Know that that's not cool. Not cool. Um, mm. And I, th I think I think that's it. I think that's all of the back matter we had to cover. Just know that if you're going to stand up to a government, that's not cool. No, absolutely. The government's there to protect you at the end of the day. Social contract. Yeah. Look, it might be... Just a weird coincidence that the UN is running out of money and a lot of major superpowers haven't paid into it, including America. All I'm saying is the UN might be a little bit of a bully. No, the UN is... All the UN does is they get their nose up in people's business talking about human rights. Yeah. What's that really mean? Uh, it means government wrong, and that's not something I can stand for, human not on this podcast, not in this month. If human right, government wrong. Mm. Tell me how that makes sense. Oh, I can't. It doesn't. Ooh. So now, at this very normal time of the evening, it's normally what we normally do is say, if you, our viewers, want to get in contact with us, the vessels, 
of powers and things that no one can understand. All you have to do is send us an email at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Send us your ancient text and we'll send you our ancient text. And maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe something, something will happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe a portal to another dimension. I can't say the end of the sentence. I can't say the end of the sentence. I can't say the end of the sentence. But if you want to send us a sentence that you can say, hey, we're on Twitter. Get at us at ZCPCWHJ at twitter.com, which we all know stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry and John. We're also on Spotify. Just search for us in the Spotify section of Spotify. The podcast section of Spotify. You gotta search for zero credit open parenthesis as close parenthesis and you will find us. The latest episode's waiting for you. It's a good one. We put our hearts, minds, souls, and blood into it. We are on Facebook, which is a power that not even our powers want to deal with. They have a cryptocurrency. Libra. Yeah, PayPal just pulled out. Purchase Libra. Jeffrey Epstein tells you to. We are also on Apple Podcasts, and that's the best thing that you can do. Just leave us a review, leave us some likes, leave us a star. I don't know how the French door works. Just do all those things, and man, 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 people will be happy, and not just us. But the things with eyes in the corner of my eye that I can't see that I know is there but is not there will appreciate it. But the best thing you can do is use your fleshy human mouth, which is wet with saliva for food. Use that not for food, but for moods. Send us do the words with them. Oh, wow. Fuzzy in my head. If you tell apparently three people and they tell three people, then that's just the first step to world conquest. Use your word of the mouth to tell others to listen to us, to listen to us, to listen to us, and they'll be happy. And from everyone here at the very normal... uh Continuous room that goes on forever. Yes, the the People's Republic of Zero Credits China podcast. The People's Republic of, Z- of China Zero Credits podcast. We would like to wish you... A- Again... Whatever you think you are listening to fades. How can one observe what's going on in the world in which one lives? One needs an outside perspective for that. Somewhere in the mainland of China, there lives a woman wearing a dark gray suit. She works day in and day out in the financial institution managing large sums of money for corporations and businesses within China. 
Her father had the same job before the state graciously allowed him to retire. She inherited the gray suits he would wear, and after a bit of tailoring, they fit her just fine. The job also fits her just fine, as she has studied hard to understand the various international financial ins and outs she needs to do her job well. She is a top performer in her firm. It is an existence. Away from this job, the woman in the dark gray suit enjoys small hobbies. She reads. She has been known to fish. Once or twice, she has gone drinking with co-workers. Besides her father, she has had little in the way of meaningful relationships. It is a shame they can no longer speak, but that is what happens when one retires. They suddenly have more time, but less of it lines up with those who aren't retired. It is a cursed blessing. The woman's name will never be important. Around this time of year, which is to say approximately the second week of October, the woman puts in for time off, which is granted immediately and without question. There are some who understand, you see. There are some who are useful. The woman in the dark gray suit returns to her appointed living quarters a ten-minute walk from her office. During her walk, she overhears whispers from the people gathering in groups. She thinks she hears Hong Kong. But as soon as she thinks this, the thought disappears from her memory. She continues her walk until she finds an unremarkable apartment complex. This is where she stays when it is appropriate for her to be at home. The time is a little after 10 at night. As she enters her apartment, the dark gray suit begins to writhe on her body. A note slipped under the door reads, Tonight, and she understands. The woman skips dinner and instead retreats to her bedroom. In the corner sits an empty hamper. She deposits the gray suit into the hamper and becomes the unsuited woman. Whoever she was before the suit, it matters not. The only memory she contains is that of her father, whose job she inherited. A faceless man in a suit that looks like hers. Without emotion, she climbs into bed and waits for the clock to strike midnight. You may think you are noticing a pattern. And yes... I am talking to you right now. Just know, there is nothing for you here. These are events that happen. There is not much else to describe. I think you know what happens at midnight. The unsuited woman's mouth opens. Her body begins to shake and she breaks out in sweat. Inky black tendrils begin to snake their way out of her mouth, clinging to the walls before moving through them, expanding ever outwardly. The unsuited woman's thoughts are of her faceless father, the man she knows she saved through his retirement. 
Again, we feel the need to reiterate that there is nothing for you here. But yes, again, a swirling mass of tendrils gathers at the center of the unsuited woman's mouth. Icker seeps out of the mass as it splits open to reveal a large, bloodshot eye. somewhere else, and somewhere else people protest for freedom, and somewhere else people are in the streets standing up for something they believe in, and somewhere else people are acting out of order, out of feeble-mindedness. If only you all understood. Like the unsuited woman does. Even if you only begrudgingly accept it like the unsuited man, or if you were as pliable as our annual podcast mouthpieces. Why are we bothering to explain? Why are we trying? There is no hope for you. We will not be stopped. Frightened times are here forever, forever, forever.